Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, I'm Alfie Brown. And I'm Josh Weller, and you're listening to Dirty Air. Bongo la, bongo cha cha cha, parlami del Sud America. Quello che dicono laggiù, forse fantasia e nulla più. The Emiliano Romano Imola Italian Grand Prix 2022, the first Italian Grand Prix of the year. Let's get to our race review. If you could use one word to sum up this race, what would it be? Dry. Yes, in every measure, in every in measure. In every sense, in the, in the newfangled colloquial sense, it was dry. It was not entertaining it did not whet my appetite nor did it whet the roads before the race i said i'm guessing five red flags i was that cocksure that there would be five red flags during this race we didn't not even one it was i tweeted i'm a lame during the race you did and uh, that was clever little very clever uh, well, very that, clever they will have really, i think they would have really felt that in the fia headquarters <laughs> i also tweeted the fia saying congratulations to the fia all the regulation changes and uh all the drs stuff and they've still managed to make it a boring race by the way if you're listening to this do follow us on twitter and on instagram for some fantastic dirty f1 meme content at very dirty air josh is hitting memes out of the park at an absolutely astonishing rate I'm actually, I, I could tell you what happened in the race, if you like, because you were making memes from us. <laughs> Before we get into our Formula One 2022 Grand Prix, Emiliano Romano Imola, I'm just, I'm going to keep saying every race by the, the actual name that it is every week. The Rolex, just so <laughs> Formula One starts shortening the titles. It's this, no, it's actually the title this week. It's the Rolex Grand Prix. Um, before we get into the race review for this week, I'm just going to take a second to ask you to please subscribe, rate, like and comment uh, on the podcast. It really helps us climb up. Um, also, please share it. Uh, do a tweet about it or do an Instagram about it. Also, just send us questions on the Instagram. We love answering them. And at the end of every episode, I think we're going to do a little Q&A. So uh, shall we review this week's Italian Grand Prix? Which Italian Grand Prix? Sorry. Rolex on my list. Emiliano Romano Imola Italian Grand Prix. First race 2022. Bene. As we return home to Europe, the, the home of Formula One, uh, let's return to our weekly race review. I, I always try and come up with a song that I think is the soundtrack for each Grand Prix, and I got it down to two songs this week. Um, I've either got Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach's God Give Me Strength, um, because I found this quite a hard watch, or I've got Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit because I thought the race was limp, and I think the FIA have broken Formula One. Which one do you think it should be, Alfie Brown? Um, <laughs> uh, 
they're both quite different moods, vibes. I think I'd go for God Give Me Strength because I'd prefer to not hear Limp Biscuit. Going backwards uh, from uh, the back of the pack, uh, they've switched places this week. Um, at the back of the Constructors' Championship at the moment, sadly, is Williams. I have an interesting fact um, Tell about me Williams. It. is that Nicholas Latifi, in a 20-driver in a championship, Nicholas Latifi is currently 21st. Yes, he's almost caught Hulkenberg up, hasn't he? It's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, he has. He's mazapinning. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I think he's, he's, the exa- he's the acceptable face of mazapinning. If anybody has to do yeah. it, I'd prefer it was Latifi. Well, no, I'd prefer it was Mazepin in a way. Latifi finished, he finished in 16th and Albon finished in 11th. But the most important thing is that Latifi finished. He finished a race. Yeah. And that should not be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. He, Latifi loves a crash. Our theory is that he likes to uh, crash early so that he can crack on watching box sets in his trailer before the race finishes. That was the running joke. Um, unfortunately, this week, he didn't get to. He actually, congratulations, Nicholas Latifi, uh, fin- finishing a race. Albon finishing in 11th. If I, I think if I could sum up every driver's race um, of this Grand Prix is that they all had a very lonely race. Um, I had quite a lonely race. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, everyone watching the race had a lonely race yeah, today. Yeah, you, you, you were alone together. It wasn't interesting for anybody. Yeah. I suppose so. <laughs> Aston Martin, Stroll finishing in 10th. Vettel, a stonking 8th. They seem to be kind of yanking some pace out of that car. We didn't see enough of it. No, we didn't. And that was interesting. I saw Sepp have it, had a great race and I didn't even see any footage of him during the race. No, everybody got their moment. To, or like most of the drivers above him who were impressive got their moment to... Um, you know, like there was a there was a section in the middle of the race, which I'm sure we'll get to, where like Hamilton was just sort of driving behind Gasly for about ten minutes, and then mm-hmm. like uh, you'd hear every sort of one and a half minutes somebody go, oh, and coming up to Tamburello, can they do it? Oh, no, they can't. That was the whole race. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of uh, Vettel. The only kind of uh, mileage he got was when he was about to be overtaken by Yuki. Um, Stroll, uh, you know, exceptionally unremarkable. He is, you know, maybe it's a Canadian thing. He is the Latifi of the midfield, uh, like having wholly unremarkable and like repetitive kind of groundhog races again and again and again. It feels like he finishes there or thereabouts. Like, what, what's he hoping for? Rumour has it that Lawrence Stroll is bidding to sell off the Aston Martin team and that Audi are one of the uh, front runners to, to purchase the team to get them back into the... Which is an odd... I mean, it's a, a logical choice given that they are fiscally quite wealthy, but an odd choice as uh, an engine-based team to employ an engine-based company to uh, buy the team. So I guess it would be Aston Martin Audi. But, I mean, it's very interesting and funny that Lawrence Stroll has gone into a company and and it seems to have lacked leadership and he's it hasn't done well very quickly it hasn't done well quick enough for him um, unlike his past endeavors where he took like Tommy Hilfiger and just threw it into Walmart in America and made four billion dollars in a week yeah well we could all do that if Lawrence leaves Lance leaves that's the deal they're a daddy and son they're a package aren't they they're a package hey, holiday deal don't talk to me like that like uh, Lance was there before Lawrence and Lance will be there after Lawrence. All the team principals had a dinner this week and Mike Crack and his crack team were the only ones missing from the dinner. He was missing from the dinner because he'd decided to stay in the garage and work on the, the car and it bloody worked, didn't it? Toto was there having a tiramisu and he should have been working on Lewis's car, not finishing as low down as it did. Yeah, yeah. He should have had his welding mask on fixing parts. <laughs> 
uh, cracking on with um, getting them in the points. I think Seb Vettel is... I uh, My theory with Seb Vettel, right, aside from the fact that he currently looks like he's backpacking around Europe in a, or in a camper van or something. Mm, he's the guy at the hostel who's, like, too old. <laughs> Why is there a 35-year-old hanging out with all these 21-year-olds? Yeah, you're like, what are you... Uh, do you work here? And he's like, no, I just really want to learn Japanese. That's um, how I felt when I was in Lisbon. I was the Seb Vettel of the Lisbon hostel. My theory is that Seb Vettel is about to retire because when you negotiate your contract every year, there are obligations that you have to do as a driver in regard to the amount of time you give to sponsors every year. So if you're a lowly driver who hasn't accomplished anything, you have to give all your time to sponsors for going to events, being in the adverts, you know, being on the radio show. Like You have to do all of this promo. Once you have a world championship, two world championships, or in Seb's case, four you can really negotiate not putting in all of that time with the advertisers and with the sponsors. And Seb Vettel this year is doing every single advert possible. He's doing, I've seen him in like four Formula One adverts this year. And my theory is, is that he's just trying to make as much coin as he can before he ducks out. Yeah, yeah. He's looking to buy a place in Val d'Isere. But I thought that he, he was obviously in a very difficult position. And when he left... Uh, Ferrari, he didn't leave too much time to negotiate a good deal with somebody else. So I thought the thing was that he was investing a lot of time and his own effort into being with uh, Aston Martin, developing the car, developing the project and taking a significant pay cut, was it, to be a part of that team? Yeah, on the, I mean, it's going to be weird if, if Lawrence sells the team, if Lance loses his seat and then, you know, they're just all sat on a yacht with nothing to do and you know, Lance is unemployed, Lawrence is looking for the next investment, but he He's kind of in the twilight years of being a businessman. And then the young um, stepmom is just, you know, neither of them are the power couple that they used to be. It's going to be quite an odd Christmas for the Stroll family. (laughs) What do you think Lance Stroll bought his hot stepmother for Christmas? I don't know, but I think he had a panic attack whilst doing it. (laughs) I think he got all like, I think he got a really hot chest. I think it like he got so nervous and embarrassed in anticipation that he got prickly heat do you know when you're so nervous about something that you get prickly heat and uh i think he was just he was trying not to buy her bath stuff and ended up buying her like uh like um like a pan or something like a like a a cast iron skillet i think a bath bomb is the perfect gift to buy your um uh, your sexy stepmom because it's uh it's innocent enough um, that you, because you know, bath bits, smellies—that's the kind of standard Christmas gift for someone you can't be asked to think about. But the subtext of it is that when Lawrence is out on his yacht having a business meeting, that she can be like, "Lance, I'm going to use your your lovely bath bomb tonight." Yeah, but that's his nightmare. He doesn't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Rocking eighth place is uh, Hass Mick, uh, finishing seventeenth. Probably the worst race he's had in a long time. Spinning out all over the shot, and definitely a race he wants to forget. Um, you know, it's it's a tough one with Mick. He's got so much love in the paddock and he seems like such a kind guy. Watching him and Seb be interviewed together was just one of the most heartwarming things I've seen. Yeah. In, that was and, and it's a it's a broader it's a broader point to make later that's that seems like a lot of the off track stuff is more interesting than the on track stuff this year, which is uh something yeah. to discuss later. But, I mean, God, watching the two of them, you know, uh, Michael Schumacher, a father figure to Seb, now Seb, a father f- figure to Mick, uh, just absolutely wonderful. I really, yeah, I hope the I hope the sporting aspect of all of this affords us a sort of satisfying narrative conclusion to what we're seeing happening off the track. 
I hope that like a race uh, narrative rewards us with what we want, with what we hope happens for Mick. And we hope that there's at least some, obviously like today, it looked like he got in his own head slightly. He was making uh, stupid mistakes. He wasn't the only one. Like from all the rumours that circulate before Sainz uh, signed his new deal with Ferrari, there were rumours about is Mick going to take that seat? Now, obviously, that could be because his second name is his second name. But I don't think those rumours circulate without the driver being really highly rated. And I think he is. He's He, he did well. He, he won F2 and he won F3. Yeah. He, won, he won both of those championships, which a lot of the drivers didn't. Yeah, yeah. That means that he's good pedigree in that regard I think what I really want to see what I really hope I see in the future is I hope I see you know how um, you know Alonso will fight off um, a driver so that Ocon can dart on ahead or Perez is very good at that as playing the team game where going or holding off a driver I think that we might see Vettel holding someone off so that Mick can can get a chance <laughs> that's all that's all I want from this season I really hope you're right and Kevin the Viking the Viking in ninth just the upside down topsy-turvy crazy world of like a millionaire who's um lost all his money and has to sit in economy and you're sat in economy class and you're like hang on a minute isn't that bill gates what's he doing here seeing hamilton have to fight with ocon and magnuson and gasly today was um it was it's like another world it's like i don't i don't understand this level of f1 yeah seeing him hamilton finish in 13th and just at the back of the pack I, I was watching on the app and i could see him get out of his car and he just sort of trundled off didn't look at the car just and and have watching him fight with kevin was like but how amazing for kevin that he's got the opportunity to fight with hamilton in the midfield how amazing for him that he's got this like uh this second chance to be uh, and you're absolutely right. Like when you come back to F1, everything, everything's a bonus. So why not just mm. why not just drive without pressure? Why not? You're not trying to make a career out, but you already lost your F1 career. So they can't. Mm-hmm. You know, they can, all they can do is you know what you know what the pain that they can cause you is. You know, you know that life isn't that bad on the other side. So you can just enjoy your drive, mate. Have a great time. Be the Viking. Haas are like a, it's like a phoenix from the ashes, which is not sorry. That's not a Grosjean joke, but it's. A, a, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Moving on in seven, Alpha Tauri. Gasly twelfth, Tsunoda seventh. I mean, Tsunoda putting in some unbelievable moves. Gasly again, just Gasly. Who'd have thought we'd say this? Gasly holding off Hamilton. Gasly. Holding off Hamilton. What an absolutely mad Formula One world. Not the most interesting race, but genuinely interesting dynamics of how the priorities have shifted in the sport. The most exciting thing was Sonoda. And what was really good is on the team radio when they went, yes, you've taken him, well done. And then Sonoda just sort of screaming like mad gibberish in his car, as if to say to the uh, radio, just shut, shut up. I'm ecstatic. I can't be given instructions. Leave me alone. I'm amazing who loves to drive it was so great i noticed at that point in the race it was towards the end and i started noticing i was like well even the tifosi are bored because they love saying it every time you watch any italian race and we're back at the emila grand prix the fervent furore of the and i just i was just watching limp these limp ferrari flags just these sad red flags no one even waving all very little flares going off during this race but oh my lord i mean what were they doing no drs like what how can the fia just turn this 
race. They turned one of the best circuits into a dull race. They cut to uh, a guy in the crowd who had, as you uh, said, one of those sort of flags that was failing to blow in his hand. And uh, he looked to the camera and then sort of like, looked away in disgust and blew out a plume of thick smoke. <laughs> In sixth place, Alpine, Macopine, Promopine, Walla, Walla, Bing, Bang. I mean, what a fun race. What a fun race for Alpine. To see Ocon get that time penalty for just... What a ridiculously unsafe release in the pits. <laughs> like him and Hamilton... And this is the thing, everyone moans about saying, you know, oh, Hamilton's only the best when he's in the fastest car. I think Hamilton is having a flawless season, driving a wheelbarrow. What was, what were Alpine thinking, just pushing him out like that? It was mental. Like, I mean, surely it was just a mistake, especially when it's wet. And like, oh, yes, make sure you slow right down to 80 kilometers an hour, whatever mad thing you're driving along at in your, like, you know, huge death machine. And there's like people with like long lens cameras just hanging out with their ankles near yeah. the like front wing of these cars and you think you are I, I would I would just be shaking myself constantly I couldn't believe it 14th and, and a DNF for Alonso Alonso's car looked like the side of the O2 arena after that windstorm just a massive hole where the, the whole panel was gone <laughs> when Alonso went into the pits and he went how bad is it How it was like that bit when uh, Giovanni Ribisi got shot in Saving Private Ryan he's like how bad is it how bad is it <laughs> and they're like you're going to be fine you're going to be fine that's what it was like how bad is it you can here they got oh yeah it's pretty bad it's pretty bad how bad please oh my god am i gonna die (laughs) you forget they just can't see it he couldn't see that half of his car was gone yeah but he must have been able to feel that like that he was moving up much differently through the air than he was previously probably just felt a big breeze down the right hand side of his thigh yeah Oh, it's drafty in my car today. <laughs> in fifth place, Alfa Romeo, Joe Guan Yu, 15th. He didn't put on much of a show today. But he is, what is he in? His fourth, whatever race now, he is yeah. a, a rookie. And it's not like it's an easy, easy race to navigate in terms of the the weather, in terms of a lack of experience that uh, he probably has on the circuit. But uh, the show's not over. <laughs> okay. And there's lots more we can do with that. Don't you worry. <laughs> But wow, Bottas in fifth. It's time for Smacky Bottas. Finishing fifth. I mean, that it was a wholehearted metaphor of um, Bottas's career. Watching him fighting off Russell at the end, and I was praying that he would take Russell on that last lap. Bottas is just—he is flying high. It's the movie Trading Places, and uh, Lewis Hamilton is um, Dan Aykroyd, and uh, Bottas is um, Eddie Murphy, and they've switched jobs, and all of a sudden, um, <laughs> one is a millionaire, and one is eating—one is eating salmon on the back of a bus, like dressed as Santa Claus. It's like—it's amazing to see. I am so happy for bot bot and george as well outperforming lewis because he's going you know it's better than the fucking williams isn't it might not be perfect but it's better than the fucking williams <laughs> i do not mind this well absolute baller move from bottas as well during qualifying when he uh, crashed out to uh, get in the tow truck with the driver back to the paddock made me so happy when they were like we'll send you a moped he was like uh just nah it's cool man i'll just sit up here at the front <laughs> It was really, really funny. And he kept his helmet on. Drivers keeping their helmets on when they're not in the car, is it's such a comedic, funny thing to see. I love it. 
because they just look like toddlers because their heads are so big and they just sort of waddle back to the track. I love watching it. I think every week they should have to wear their helmets from the moment they wake up to the moment they get home and we should have to see them do everything in the helmets. I completely agree. You put that in a message to the FIA. We've kind of come up with this phrase, garfunkling, for when a driver starts to crumble um, when they realise that they're the second driver, that they're Art Garfunkel and that the, uh, the first driver is Paul Simon. But there has to be an opposite phrase for that, which I'd like to award to Bottas this week. And I, I've, I've either got one of two phrases. I've got either he's, the, he's rockying or mm-hmm. he's just the bad, or bad bitch of the week. I don't know which one it is, mm-hmm. but I think when someone just has an unbelievable, like the complete opposite of a Garfunkel. It could be like a, a, like, a, a, like a Robbie Williams when you're not the main one in the band, but you go on to have the most successful solo career. Okay, great. So yeah, Valtteri Bottas is Robbie Williams of the week. Okay. That's really good. That's that's really good. Oh, you know what? Let's call it. Ro- he's rock DJ. He's the rock he's DJ. The rock DJ. He's rock DJ. Okay, great. <laughs> And uh, rather remarkably, um, fourth place in the Constructors' Championship uh, is uh, a McLaren with their little Google wheel bases. Ricardo 18th and Norris on the old podders in uh, in third. Yes. What did you, I mean, did you think that Danny was that bad? I just thought he was unlucky at the beginning and then he sort of was always playing catch-up. I thought that they gave Norris... I mean, obviously, um, we'll get to Ferrari, but Sainz's situation and, and Leclerc's situation obviously handed Norris that podium, uh, which is sort of what happens when you're best of the rest. You just sort of sit in sixth or back and wait for the other ones to crash out oh yeah it never seems to matter to them does it (laughs) the visibility was so appalling that i'm amazed like not all of them just ended up in a sort of smoldering heap of bits and pieces of car they're impressive people first podium of the season for lando norris probably going to drive his ego into overdrive isn't it yeah yeah i think he said on the team radio at the end something like uh oh yeah that's what he said he's on the team radio at the end this drove me insane he said uh okay uh yeah nice one guys i'm really proud of you all you're 12 and they're they've been working in formula one since you were nothing you were nobody they were they were fixing cars when you were in your dad's balls you precocious little shit so you shut the fuck up about saying oh proud of you proud pride is not something you can dole out to people twice your age you obnoxious little git That drove me insane. And they, but what, what actually in the cool down room, he was quite sweet with Perez and Verstappen, I thought. He was like, oh, where's the, he didn't know where the water was. He had to ask where the water was. And Max and Perez were kind of uh, like sharing a couple of jokes in there going, ha ha, isn't it great to be, you know, in Red Bull? Aren't we the best? And uh, like Lando was sort of nervously hovering, being the sort of small little cute one. And that, that was, that was likeable to see him. Uh, taken down a peg or two by the environment it's just a, it's such a strong turnaround for them to be you know where they were at the start of the season which everyone thought that they weren't porpoising because they had the, a great car and then as the first race everyone realized that they didn't have enough downforce to even porpoise <laughs> uh, which by the way that the term porpoising is like it's such a a fortunate term for what it is it should i was thinking about this they've made it sound like a little happy like a dolphin like a little, like a, like over the waves, following a cruise ship, saving people from drowning—a lo- a lovely, cute little porpoise. It's a—it should be called brainstemming. It's a really big deal. <laughs> They've called it something so fluffy. Oh my god, a little. Why don't we have some marshmallows around the campfire and look at the lovely porpoises as they blow water <laughs> at sunset? No. Yes. It's a really bad thing. Call it brainstemming. Por- porpoising suggests like frolicking. Uh, and and really, yeah, 
you're doing severe damage to your like cerebrovascular system. It's yeah, it looks fucking <laughs> looks fucking horrible. I really don't know how they're going to be able to maintain it. Mercedes in third place. Uh, George Russell finishing a very very good fourth, given the fact that they both seem to be driving in um, flower pots. And Lewis Hamilton in thirteenth. I mean, really, just a, a really remarkable relationship that's going on at Mercedes at the minute with Toto apologising to Lewis at the end, and Lewis, you know, very stoically going, "All right, no, don't worry, we'll crash." on but then Russell just absolutely kicking his ass in every manner during the race it's it's astounding to see uh, how much worse is Lewis's car from George's that that George is in fourth place and Lewis is in 13th well I mean you know it's 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 like to draw a boxing uh, phrase styles make fights we saw that with Checo's car last year Checo wasn't it wasn't it was a worse car it was that he wasn't it, you know it didn't suit him so maybe it could just be that the style of the car or uh, you know the way that it drives suits George more than it suits Lewis I never thought that I would see Max Verstappen lapping Lewis Hamilton you know obviously if you're a Max Verstappen fan that's great but just as a fan of the sport it's such an odd upside down I feel like I'm in Stranger Things like I don't know I I watched Max Verstappen lap Lewis Hamilton today and no one on the telly even went that is mental I think they kind of went that's kind of pretty crazy but I mean they, they can't keep on like digging the uh, the knife in about how shit this Mercedes car is or how to, to such a great extent they failed to work it out like I mean the improvements that the other teams have made as you were saying McLaren they all got together Toto should have been in the garage with his welding mask and his you know, um, Allen keys out fixing the car, uh, but uh, they are not progressing and not improving the car at the same rate as everybody else. Like something's something's changed. Well, we both said at the beginning of the, uh, this uh, podcast that it was a boring race, but I think Max lapping Lewis despite it being a boring race, is going to be a moment for us that lives like very long in the memory. We'll remember that. Red Bull finished the race today like Mercedes were finishing races in 2020, like a 50-second lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that, uh, that that was kind of, it brought back some quite harrowing memories of like boring, huge extensions. But I don't think we'll see that a lot. I think, you know, there was a lot of uh, um, extenuating circumstances that led to that being the case. It wasn't just that their car was that much faster than everybody else's, just from the word go. And Max and Christian are really, really doing my head. Have you ever seen one of those like, uh, you know, you like meet 50 year old couples sometimes who have just come into a lot of money and their marriage like is awful, but they are now incredibly rich. So they sort of don't care that they hate each other anymore because they love money more than they hate each other. I think that, you know, Mercedes have just they've just got so much work to do. They're just I mean, that was Wow. I mean, it was like watching air hockey, like when the cars were coming out of the pits. They were just... It was mad. And then obviously Ferrari really having to kind of hold on to that first place a little bit now. Signs just tanking out. I really felt for Carlos and, you know, he didn't really seem in a very um, good mood. The man uh, that pulls his strings from above uh, was yanking them quite hard today. That's a, a reference to the fact that he looks like a Thunderbird if you're a new listener. Uh, 
I'm not sold on the sprint race. No, no, the sprint race did nothing for me. What did you not like about it? First, I'd like to credit the FIA for simplifying the rules of uh, Formula One this year, which is that the qualifying <laughs> winner in the history books goes down as the race qualifier, but the sprint order of the grid is the race starting grid, and drivers start the race on any tyre compound. The sprint is one third of the race, but points are not one third, as the winner gets eight points, but the race winner gets 25 points. Drivers don't need to pit during the sprint, but they need to pit during the race. As, as It sounds like they're just hoofing cocaine, going, <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> Once you're out on the sprints, you don't, you don't even need to do a pit. How about that? Like, you know what I'm not sold on is the sprint race. You know what I am sold on? I am sold on Nico Rosberg sat in his study wearing weird telephone salesman headphones, looking like he's been on a coke bender, sweating beads, <laughs> silently raging. He looks like a combination of someone who sells cocaine in Tenerife, someone who's like, do you believe in the power of Jesus Christ? And he looks at the same time like someone who calls you up and goes... If you had an accident at work in the last six to eight months, you could be entitled to compensation. <laughs> I keep on expecting them to tell me, and, and now we've got Nico Rosberg from the Ecuadorian embassy in London, where he's being held. Uh, to, uh, uh, the British government are trying to extradite him on uh, charges of... <laughs> like Money laundering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Nico Rosberg has uh, an ice cream business in Ibiza, but I do think that when it says at the start, when it, when he's a commentator, it, just, it should just say Nico Rosberg, ice cream owner. <laughs> like That's what it should say every race. That is what he does. I wanted to say Nico Rosberg, Formula One world champion, ice cream shop owner. Please do it for me, Sky, please. <laughs> He's just so funny. He's got these lovely tweezed eyebrows and this sort of, um, he looks a bit like Boss Baby. And he kind of just, he just, he's so happy for George Russell because he, 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 he's so broken by having to quit after beating Lewis. Like he won and he still retired because he was so broken because Lewis just destroyed him psychologically. So whenever George does anything better, he's like, oh, I think he's the best. Huh? I think he's the best. Huh? Huh? With his little, with his sponsored Rolex in every shot that he can muster it into. Hey, it was the Rolex. It's the, it's the Rolex Grand Prix. Let's get into this week's Formula One news. Formula One news. This is Formula One News. The cool-down room is back. How we have missed you, the cool-down room. Hello, cool-down room. Some of the best moments of Formula One. Max Verstappen getting kicked out of the cool-down room. Uh, Lewis Hamilton throwing the cap at Nico Rosberg. This is the thing with Formula One at the minute, is it seems like... All the interest in the sport is what's going on off track rather than what's going on on track. And the cool down room was something that the drivers didn't like, so they took it away. And then COVID happened, so they couldn't have it. And because Drive to Survive has driven the, the fanaticism of the sport into absolute overdrive, they've just gone, we'll keep the cool down room going. We'll keep it, we'll bring it back. I do think if there's going to be a cool down room for the three winners, there should be another cool down room for the 17 non winners slash losers. I would love to see a cool down room for the losers just the other 17 drivers <laughs> in an unconditioned room in in like the back of a lorry just with fold-out chairs where alonso has to talk about half of his car missing and lewis just has to sit there and make chit chat like he was the world champion seven times and now he's just in the back of a truck with ocon like <laughs> i please formula one please f1 give me that give me that <laughs> Uh, again, that's your second good idea of the podcast. And they get all the same things as the cooldown room, but it's all slightly worse. Like the cap has the number on it. <laughs> the cap has 18. 
<laughs> the cap has D- DNF. Alonso's cap has a DNF. Oh my god, it would be so. And then they just and the, the it's the same drinks, but everything's room temperature. There's no chilled water. There's no fizzy water. Instead of Daniel Ricardo having to do a shoey, he has to drink it out of like a, a jockstrap cup. Yeah, you know. <laughs> like a like a crotch cup or something. It's just all really depressing versions. Like Bottas gets his coffee, but it's cold and it's Nescafe gold. Tsunoda gets his sushi, but it's from a Marks and Spencers. Ah, <laughs> oh, I would love it. Please write in. This is your task for the week, guys. I want to see what you think we should get in the cool down room for the the losers cool down room. Please send us what you think should happen in that room. <laughs> And uh, let's get to the questions. Let's read out some of the questions that you guys have sent in. From Alamblad, which team principal is getting laid the most? That is a fantastic question. What was the guy from Renault called? Cedric. Was that his name? The guy from Renault? Cyril. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was him. Definitely. No question. I don't know if Cyril got laid the most. I think Cyril is the one that I would have liked to have got laid most with. That's a different question. That is a different question. But I also think there's something about his energy that suggests him, you know, in a bistro at kind of 1am in the outskirts of Paris, sipping pastis and then uh, watching, you know, uh, having some young uh, ingenue come and speak to him about... Uh, what was going on in the Formula One at the moment. Uh, I don't think that Zach Brown is inclined to turn down an F1 groupie if he met her in the um, Thistle Hotel bar. (laughs) (laughs) I work at Formula One. You want to come for a drive? I don't think Toto... I don't think that Toto Wolf is the kind of team principal after the race who, you know, wants to match the downforce of the Ferrari with the downforce of the groupie. Uh, but also, he works very closely with his wife, doesn't he? Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I reckon, like, maybe he is having a lot of sex, but, you know, within the confines of his marital bed. I think there is the change that Gunther Steiner probably has occasionally a few girls who want to put his little winky into the half, but he's not interested. No, he's a fiercely loyal to his wife. He'd, he'd, he'd get off on flirting with the groupies, but then say, I, but of course I am married, and then chuckle to himself about being desired, and then uh, slink off back to his hotel room and call his wife and have a funny conversation about it. They're what these girls. And that's all he needs. He's like, that's in the wank bank. I'll be fine. Now. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good one, I thought. Until next week, my name is Josh Weller. And I'm Alfie Brown. Thanks for doing a lovely podcast with me, Joshua. And you've been listening to... Dirty Air. If you enjoy our podcast, then please alert your social media channels. Post about it anywhere you have a social media account. Uh, rate on iTunes and other podcast platforms. Uh, leave a review, a kind review, if you would. And uh, generally, uh, yeah, uh, seek us out online. We always love to hear from you or any feedback you have. It's always really well received. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got any F1 mates or an F1 WhatsApp group, then uh, you think anybody would like it, please recommend us. Uh, It all uh, helps because we're working from the bottom up and we self-produce the podcast. We are not part of uh, Mission Winnow or Syndicant or any of the big F1 companies. This is not yet the Rolex Dirty Air podcast. So please, anything that you can uh, do for us is uh, greatly appreciated. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Dirty Air. See you next week.